Greetings and welcome back to another ongoing series of Shurim and Dafyomi. My name is Yitzchak Shalom. We're now in Masachet Brachot Tavzayin Amud Bet at the bottom of the Amud, continuing with some of our Agadot relating to the Beit Knesset. Amar le Rabbi Yitzchak Lurav Nachman. My Tamalo Ate Mar le Veknishtalitzluye. So Yitzchak asked Rav Nachman, why didn't you come to the Beit Knesset, the Davin? Amar le Loyachilna. I couldn't get there. Amar le Lechan for the Mar Asar Should I gather ten people, evidently, in your house? To pray, Amar le Trichal Amilta. That's uh, difficult for me. Falema le Mar le Shlichet Tzibur be eaten at the Matzli Tzibur late of a load to the Mar. So should I have one of our agents come and tell you when we're davening to let you know? So the idea would be that you would daven at least at the same time at your house as we are davening in Shul. Amar le Mai Kulei Hai. So Nachman asked him, "What's the big deal? Why are you making a big deal about this?" But Rabbi Yochanan Mishum Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, and he quoted the piece that we saw earlier. My dichtiv, it's, a, right, it's a, a, a parallel piece to what we saw earlier. My prayer is, I'm bringing to you my prayer, O Lord, uh, at a time of appeasement or acceptance. What's a time of acceptance? When the tzibur is praying. In other words, to join the tzibur in prayer, or at least at the same time as they're praying, is a value of having a time of acceptance. He had a different... Uh, I answered you at a time of favor. So again, the time of favor being when the, when the tzibur is davening. had a different pasuk. The little translation is, God is great and he will not reject. But the idea is that El Kabir meaning God will not reject the great one. The great one meaning when the tzibur is davening, when it's a group davening, he can't reject them. God has redeemed me from those who are close to me or trying to hurt me because I was with a lot of people. And the idea is being with a lot of people, praying with a lot of people will lead to the prayer being answered. So how do we know that God does not reject the public tefillah? Same to psukim. Amar Kodesh Baruch Hu. What is this interpretation of Padav Shalom Nafshi? It says, if God says you've redeemed me, Kol Aosek Petor Gulut Chasadim Et Palalim Hatzibur. A different threesome that we saw earlier. If you study Torah and you involve yourself in acts of kindness and you pray with the Tzibur, Maldan Elakatuki Luptani Livalai Uvanai Mibenu Motolam. It says, if you redeemed me, Kiviachol, and my sons from among the nations. If you have a Beit Knesset, meaning a single Beit Knesset in your city, and you don't go in there in order to pray, you're called a bad neighbor, meaning you never go into the Beit Knesset. This is what God says to all of his bad neighbors who are hurting my Nachalah. These are the enemies of Bnei Israel. But the idea is, how could God have bad neighbors? Because there are people who don't come into his shoal. This will end up causing the person who doesn't come into the Beit Knesset that he himself will be exiled, he and his children. In the same parak, I'm going to uproot them from their from their land, and, and Beit Yehuda will be uprooted from them. Uh, that's moving the subject and object around in the Pasuk, but uh, for the Midrash purposes it works. So now they said to Rabbi Yochanan, 
there are all people in Bavel. This is what they said to Rabbi Yochanan in, in Eretz Yisrael. In Bavel, the elders, one elder asked the question. He said, that God gave us the mitzvot that we should follow so that our days and the days of our children should be long on the land that he gives us. But we don't get a long life in Chutzlarts. So came in the Amrilei, so we answer them, if you get up early and you stay late in the Beit Knesset, that's how you have a long life in Bavel. That's how you have the gain. That's what Rishim Levi said to his children. It's interesting because Rav Levi, of course, lived in Israel. Get up early and stay late in the Beit Knesset so that you have a long life. My cross, what's the Pasuk? Happy is the person who he listens to me, obeys me, to be diligent at my doors every day and to guard my mezuzot, the mezuzot of my of my uh, doorways. What does it say afterwards? He who finds me finds life. So if you're at my house all the time, you'll find life. This actually brought the halacha uh, with different opinions when they're shown about what it means, but when you go in, you should go in two doorways worth. Don't just go and stand at the door of the Beit Knesset. It sounds like you have to go in through two doors. The amount of shir or shnei ptachim. That may be a distance, that may be a time shear. Either way, the idea is that you don't just step to the door and pray. Okay, about Kapara says this is what a Hasid prays to you for finding. So what's late? He says that's finding a proper wife. You find a wife, you found goodness. But Marav and Eretz Yisrael had a custom. When a man would get married, they would say Matza Omotze. Did you find her, or are you finding her? What does that mean? I find the woman to be worse than death. In other words, they wouldn't say the whole thing, but uh, they would probably say to each other, do we think this is a good match or not? He goes back to our pasuk and Tilim Lamed Bet. What's late? That's finding Torah. And that's why this is here, because picking up off the previous Haggadah, he who finds life, but finds me, finds life. That's Torah. That's death. What does it mean? There are these different kind of consequences of death. There's this agada that 903 different kinds of death were created in the world. And adds up to 903. Do the math. Uh, what's the worst is Askar. Askar is the croup. is the lightest one is dying by the kiss of God. It's like pulling wool backwards on the yarn. It's like having something stuck in your esophagus. The nishika is like just creaming, lifting the cream off the top of the milk. That's Kvura. Those who are happy about me will be happy when they find my grave. That's why people have the saying, A person should pray that they should be successful even till the last shovel on them. Shlomo. 
Marzutra Amar Leit Mitzvah Zubay Takisei says, you know, Leit Mitzvah means it means finding a bathroom when you need one. And Amar Marava Had Marzutra Adifli Kula and Eretz Yisrael they heard this they said that's the best of all of them. Amar Leirava we'll see a little more about that later on. Amar Leirava Lefraf Rafa Mapapa Lemelon Mar Mihani Mili Malaitu Damar Mishmei Derav Chista Mili Dvei Krista. So again talking about the Beit Knesset. Rava said to Rav Rafa Mapapa that Rava was the son-in-law of Rav Chista. And so he was eager to find out more of what Rav Chista had said after he passed away. He said, tell me some of those very good things that you said in Rav Chista's name about Beit Knesset. Marle, so he said, Hachim Rav Chista. Rav Chista said, God loves the gates of Zion more than all of the dwelling places of Yaakov. What does that mean? That God loves the gates that are excel in halacha more than all of the Batei Knesiot and Batei Midrashot. That from the time the, the Beit HaMikdash was destroyed, all that God owns is His place in the world is the four steps of halacha, meaning where people are studying Torah. And picking up on that, Abaye says, Originally I used to study Torah at home, and then pray in the Beit Knesset. Once I heard the statement, that the one place where God dwells in this world is the four steps of halacha, meaning where halacha is studied, I would only pray where I studied. So if he studied at home, he'd pray there. Rabbi Ami, Rabbi Asi, the students of Rabbi Yochanan said, Avogav, they have a place of a Knishtu They had 13 Batei Knesset in Tveria. They would pray right between the pillars in the public area. Hechad Abu Garsi. They would study in the public areas. People would be able to access them and ask them questions, and they would pray there. So we do find conflicting ideas here about the the importance of the Beit Knesset as opposed to the Beit Midrash as a place for prayer. Now we're just quoting, quoting other things of Ula, and that's the connection here. Great is somebody who benefits from his own work more than somebody who fears heaven. Why is that? Happy is he who fears God. But somebody who works and benefits from his own work, own, the labor of his hands, when you eat of the labor of your hands, you're happy and it's good for you. You're happy in this world, and you gain the world to come. The second phrase, Tovlach, isn't written in Tilim Kufiyot Bet, in describing the Yerei Shemayim. Again, quoting Ula, A person should always live where his Rebbe lives. Evidently, according to the Agadah, Shemim ben Geira, the one who would curse David, was Shlomo's Rebbe. And uh, Shimon Ger, of course, lived in Yerushalayim until Shlomo finally had him executed when he left to go get his Evid and violated the conditions. And Shlomo didn't marry Bat Paro, which was seen as a very terrible move. Uh, take a look at Malachim Aleph, Perikut Aleph, Pasuk Aleph, and on. Uh, that uh, Shlomo didn't do that until after Shimon Ger was gone. So if your Rebbe's around, you'll be more in shape. Atanya al Yadur. But we have a bright that says you shouldn't live where your Rebbe is. So, if you're going to listen to your Rebbe, it's better that he be there. But if you're not, it's better that he not be there, and better that you not be violating uh, deliberately. Those who leave God will be destroyed. 
What does that mean? That's why he leaves the Sefer Torah without putting it away properly and just walks out. Or somebody leaves the Sefer Torah in the middle of the reading while it's out and walks out. He would go out between Aliyot, meaning somebody had an Aliyah finished, he would walk out between, not in the middle of a, an Aliyah. Now you have to remember that in their day, and the Temanim still do this, in between each pasuk that was read, there would be a targum. So there's a little bit of a break between each pasuk. If Papa asked, can you go out between pasukim? So teku, we don't know. Avsheshet, who was blind and felt that he was on chayav and kriyat Torah, mahadar apivigaris, he would turn his back during kriyat Torah, and he would review his own mishnayot. He wouldn't read them because he was blind, but he'd review his own mishnayot. I'm studying my thing, and they're studying their thing. And this is halacha A person should always conclude his parshiot with a tzibur, which means that the tzibur is reading a particular parasha. You should read that parasha that week and read it twice in the Torah and once in the Targum. Even the list of cities and the, that God and Reuven asked for, where there is no Targum, it's just a repetition of the names, more or less. Somebody who does that will have a long life. Evidently, the Minigan Bavel, where they've concluded the Torah over the course of, course of one year, as is our international custom, was concluded on Yom Kippur. There's a lot of testimony from the Gaonim about that. So, Rabbi Rabbi thought, Erev Yom Kippur, I'll do the whole Torah. In other words, I won't do it every week, but I'll do it all before we finish. So he taught him he shouldn't do that. The Torah says you have to fast on the ninth. We don't fast on the ninth. We fast on the tenth. If you eat and drink on the ninth, and of course fast on the tenth, it's as if you fasted both, which means you should be eating today, not spending the whole time studying. So then he thought, well, maybe I'll read them all well in advance. You can't do it too early, can't do it too late, do it during that week. Shubin Levi taught his sons, one of his ethical wills, you should conclude your parashiot with the tzibur. And you should hold like Rabbi Yehuda's position about shechita. Uh, uh, found in Chulun, you have to be able to cut the veins, not just the simanim, but also the the uh, the carotid and the, and the jugular. Be very careful to respect an elder who, because of a disease or of age or whatever, has forgotten his learning. Because we have a tradition that not only were the luchot in the aron, but also the broken luchot. This man is like a broken luach of Torah. I'm the Rav So now we have another ethical will. Rav said to his son, "Shatem chotchin basar." When you cut meat, don't cut it over your hand. It might cut your hand. You might not really cut your hand that badly, but you might cause it to bleed a little bit, and it'll bleed on the food. Don't sit on a non-Jewish woman's bed. What does that mean? We'll see in a minute. Don't walk in back of a Beit Knesset at a time when the tzibur is praying. And this connects with our Agadot about Beit Knesset and Har Halachot. Let's go back to Al Tishvu Almitat Armit, not to sit on an Armit's bed. This is a way of saying, don't go to sleep like a non Jew. Go to sleep, say Kriyachman. Shuman Levi, of course, was the one who authored this statement that you say Kriyachman on your bed. We saw that back a couple podcasts ago. 
Some people mean that's an illusion. Do not marry a giorat, like to sleep with. That really meant, don't sit on Armit's bed. Because Papa had a story happen. He went to visit some woman, for whatever reason, business. She took out a bed. She said, sit down. He already knew this advice. Until you lift up the bed, I'm not going to sit down. They've lifted up and found the dead baby there. So what happened is she was trying to implicate him in killing her son. So that's why they came up with the rule, don't sit on our meat's bed. Don't walk in back of Levi indeed said that as a halacha, not just as advice. You're not allowed to walk in back of Bekhesed during a time that they're davening. That's only if there's no other door. Because maybe people think you're coming in the other door. But if there's another door, that's fine. That's only if there's another Bekhesed in town. Then nobody, there's no problem if there's another Bekhesed. Or if he's not carrying something, or you're not running. Or you're not filling on. But if you have any of these things, in other words, it's a statement of deliberate ignoring the shoal. So if there's no other way into the shoal, there's no other shoal in town, and you look like you're just at leisure, and you walk past, then it's Asur. I love the Medes, the Medians. Three things that they do. These are non-Jews. When they cut meat, they cut it on the table, like, uh, like we saw the advice. When they kiss people, they kiss them on their hand. When they take counsel, they go out to the field to take counsel. They talk privately. What's the pasuk to support that last custom? Yaakov called when he told them that he wanted to leave Lavan's house, he called them out to the field. See, we showed him there in Paraklam Aleph several different reasons why he called them out to the field. But the one that's given here is why she says this, because we say, Kadamri and Shiaz Naim Lakotel, the walls have ears. It's a good idea to talk outside. I love the Parsim for three things. They eat in a modest way. So they use the bathroom in a modest way. We'll later hear about the Betakisesha Parsim. They're modest about their sexual behavior. Nonetheless, Rabbi Yosef, who lived among them, had no love lost for them, because when Yoshayahu says, I have commanded those who are sanctified for me, he says, yes, these are the Parsim, who are sanctified and ready for Gehinom. Okay, we'll pause at this point. We'll pick it up with the last podcast on this first sugya, which will analyze Rabbi Gamliel's opinion in the Mishnah, and continue with a number of very interesting agadot. In the meantime, we should have a wonderful day.